0: Season 3 of the Two C's Podcast. I'm Chrissy. I'm Casey.
1: And we're us.
0: <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> we would have been back sooner, but we kind of had a fire scare. So,
1: I had COVID anyway, so.
0: Yeah. Well, we weren't supposed to, we weren't going to um, record until after Labor Day, so. I
1: know.
0: You had COVID before Labor Day. Yeah, but I
1: still couldn't really talk last week either,
0: so no, that's true. Alright, so season three, we're gonna kick off with new listeners. Yes. It's insane, guys. It's a lot. Centerville, Massachusetts, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Ostergotland, Sweden. You did not say that right. Oh, I did not. I did not. And it's okay. <laughs> Swedens love me. Um South Pasadena, California. Collegeville, Minnesota. Here's another one I'm not going to say right. Province, Alps Cote d'Azur, France. I did not. I did not say it correctly. It's fine. Uh, Dayton, Ohio. North Versailles, Pennsylvania. Didn't say that right either. Uh, Fresh Meadows, New York. Buffalo, New York. Garden City, Michigan. Webster, (laughs) Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Jalisco, Mexico, or Jalisco, I don't know. A capital region of Iceland, Bogota, D.C., Columbia, and Lakewood, California. Welcome. And welcome back, everybody who yes. listens on a regular basis. Um,
1: what you should have said is that you're going to say it in the English translated. Well,
0: in Casey's English translation. because I didn't say it was <laughs> I English. I don't speak oh. very well either. <laughs> I sand I things speak, out. I speak worse than you, so
1: it's <laughs> all right. And it's going to be worse because I still have a cough from COVID,
0: <coughs> Which I, knock on fake wood, have not caught yet. <laughs> I have
1: not caught yet.
0: Um. So this week I'm going to go first. And um, my sources are, we hope everybody had a wonderful summer. Well, or, first but, of all. Yes, I'm sorry.
1: You can't just tell people I'm going first. What if they don't know who
0: you I, are? I, Casey Hanson. We're not
1: supposed to tell our last name
0: we'll add a flag. We'll add a flag. (laughs) So I, Casey, we'll start. (laughs) Uh, What else was I going to say, though? Uh, I
1: hope everybody had a good summer. Yes,
0: hope everybody had a good summer and a good winter for those in the opposite regions, and I don't know what everybody else is in. I don't know. I don't know either So my story this week is about Jason Allen and Lindsay <laughs> Cutshall And I'm pretty sure I butchered that too But it's fine Um, It's fine only because I don't know Lindsay's family So I'm pretty sure That they would be upset But that's how it sounds Like it would that's say That's how
1: it sounds to me And that's what it looks like It, <laughs> it looks like. like, yes That's how it sounds That's
0: how it sounds to me <laughs> So my sources this week (laughs) are Wikipedia. Um, An article, Famous Unsolved Murders of Families uh, from Ranker Crime, ranker.com. And then another article, I'm not going to tell you what the name of it is because it's like um, six sentences. It's really not. But um, it's by uh, Snejana Farberov butchered that one too. I was like you did um, right. from the daily mail dot com. So I'm sorry for everyone whose names I've butchered and whose country and
1: we'll just apologize about the beginning of the season for everything
0: <laughs> for ever... everything that's gonna that's, that's gonna follow. follow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jason and Lindsay grew up in midwestern US. Uh I believe Lindsay was twenty two one, Jason was either 26 and Lindsay was 22, or it was the opposite. But I'm pretty sure Jason was 26 and Lindsay was 22. Um, But Lindsay um, was from Fresno, Ohio, and Jason was from Zeland, Michigan. And when I was writing this, I, um, I thought of the story that you told that when you went to Michigan for work... <laughs> That everyone was showing you, on on, hand, on their, on their hand, hand, um, where they were located, like and how far away. This they is lived. where we are, and this is where we live on the hand. So we're,
1: we're gonna post that on the website. Yeah, it was on Facebook, it so was a good story. It was a
0: good story. Um, yeah. So that that's all I kept thinking when I was like, where is is land compared to um. <laughs> Where such Lansing. and such is. That's <laughs> well, where we such were by. and such was.
1: Or Farmington Hills is where we were by. So
0: the couple met in 2002 while Lindsay was a student at, at the Appalachian Bible College in Western Virginia. Uh, the couple became engaged six weeks later and they planned to marry in the fall of 2004. The couple were both counselors at Rock and Water, a Christian summer camp in El Dorado County california and i just really like rock and water i just thought that was pretty cool that's a great name so the couple according to acquaintances were headed out on a road trip the day before they were killed uh their credit card receipts placed Lindsay and jason at fisherman's wharf in san francisco on august 14 2004 and then witnesses also reported seeing Lindsay's 1992 red ford tempo in the towns of this is i'm gonna botch this gurnville sebastopol We've forestville and jenner before the murders so the proximate date of when the murders occurred was saturday and um i don't know what that date is but uh it was either the 14th or the 15th i believe so, but it's not confirmed. Like they, they don't. Know exactly they don't yeah, they don't know um, when they were actually. Mer- they pieced everything together, and that was their approximation. Got it. So, um, it seems that the couple went to a local motel, motel and restaurant called Rivers End, but were unable to rent a room. So the couple learned that there was a nearby beach, which was less than a mile away from the restaurant. So camping on the beach in this certain location, I think it's illegal all of California, but I don't want to be like, I'm an expert and I know this. I don't. And I didn't look it up. So, um, I'm going to say for this specific region, um, it was illegal to camp on the beach. Um, so think the, back
1: then it was pretty much illegal to camp on the beach all the time. Yeah. I feel like they just changed that within the last, like, tw- 15 to 20 years ago. And I'm
0: not even sure, like, how open it is now. Right. But, um, so the consensus was that the couple were probably only going to spend one night. Um, since they couldn't get a room at the hotel. Or the motel. I don't know. Um, doesn't matter. So the bodies of the sling couple were not found until Wednesday, August 18th, when the sheriff's helicopter was dispatched following a report of a man who was stranded on a cliff above Fish Head Beach. The helicopter had spotted the bodies and noticed that and notified the department. So the homicide detectives from the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department launched an investigation into the murders. The detectives quickly ruled out murder-suicide as an explanation and also confirmed that none of Lindsay and Jason's belongings had been taken. So ruling, so that ruled out robbery as a motive. Uh, neither Jason or Lindsay had been sexually assaulted. Uh... Like I said, camping was illegal, but it was known that drifters and hitchhikers um, had used the beachfront site for sleeping. So the police did think maybe a drifter had murdered the young couple and then left the area. Um, but this avenue was investigated exhaustively and never yielded any solid leads. So the murder weapon was a forty-five caliber Marlin Model 1894 long rifle so that means nothing to me and i didn't look it up that
1: means they could have been i think from far away um if it's a not like really far away yeah like they didn't have to be up close yeah
0: but i mean let's be real honest i don't know what that looks like other than like like, other than like a hunting a hunting rifle (laughs) (laughs) um so, it was either a long colt style or a carbine magazine. The police never went public with the murder weapon in order to eliminate false leads. So, the rifle is uncommon and considered to to be high caliber for most ranchers and in, and most likely would have required hand-loaded ammo, which I was going to look up, and I didn't. So... Oh, so instead one of at a time, a magazine. instead of having a magazine. There you go. You got
1: it.
0: I'm really happy you, my sister's here you to can't help.
1: can't see the hand gestures, but I just <laughs>
0: did it. <laughs> uh, so the shell casings were never found at the scene, suggesting that the killer had retrieved them. So in 2009, July, 6, July 16, 2009, a 62-year-old drifter named Joseph Henry Burgess was killed in a shootout in the remote Yemez yamez mountains of new mexico and he was initially a suspect but burgess's dna was tested and it did not match what was left at the crime scene and at first i was like wait if they weren't sexually assaulted how how would they have dna
1: well it could be his like particles hair fell out or there like was a struggle and somebody grabbed his hair or they raked their fingernails down his skin which would put DNA underneath fingernails. It could be the person shot them, didn't realize that it shot them, and threw up because it made them sick. There's DNA in them. It could be anything.
0: Yeah. No, well, <clears throat> I'll tell you what they found at the scene, which made more sense. So I'm just telling you that I'm going to tell you later on in the story.
1: Well, then why did you ask?
0: No, I'm just saying I asked myself. Oh, that you were well, saying. no. What was it? I'm <laughs> just having a conversation with myself, guys. I'm gonna, gonna answer. answer you. gonna answer my <laughs> own questions. So, May 2006, the police released new evidence <laughs> that they had hoped would generate new leads. So, the new evidence included poems found nearby. Poems. Poems found poems. near <laughs> poems found nearby the crime scene. Writings that contained. In a journal left for visitors inside a nearby Driftwood hut. Which I was like, why didn't they just sleep in the hut then? Is that like
1: geocaching of way back when?
0: Well, this is 2004, so... Oh, is it? Yeah, was geocaching a thing? (laughs) I don't know. Back then? I don't know either.
1: That's weird.
0: Yeah. So, um... And it says like a nearby hut. So I wonder why they didn't sleep in there, but whatever. Um... So, then there was an empty 40-ounce bottle of camo beer and drawings inked onto pieces of driftwood near the site of the killings. So, the camo beer originates in Wisconsin, and it's no longer made, and it's uncommon to California. So, that's why they thought maybe a drifter had shown up.
1: Is that what the DNA was on?
0: I don't know. They, they never told me. You just said I was going to tell you. Well, no, I'm going to tell you that what they found.
1: The DNA was on the.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it was on the bottle. Yeah. But, because I, what it made it sound like is that they were either shot from far away or they were shot closer up, but not, like, in their face. Does that make sense? I could be wrong. I don't. It didn't give me any of that kind of evidence. So, well, they might not
1: know either, so.
0: Well, hold on. Hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I'm sure they are.
0: <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> they also found a distinctive hat on a turnout above the beach on Highway 1. Police were always curious how the hat and the bottle came to be in the places that they were found.
1: Someone left them? <laughs>
0: that would be my guess. I mean...
1: Just, just a... I don't know. Just a thought.
0: I don't know. So the case remained unsolved, <laughs> and at this time... Excuse me. Um, the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department had offered a $50,000 reward for information. But in 2017, police held a press conference on Friday, May 5th, regarding major developments in the Jenner double murder case. So, Steve Freitas, the sheriff of Sonoma County, announced they had a major breakthrough in the investigation surrounding the murders of Jason Allen and Lindsey Cutshall. That took place in August 2004 in Jenner, California. So the sheriff has identified Sean Gallen, a 38-year-old resident of Forestville, California, as Jason and Lindsay's killer. Gallen was recently arrested for his brother's murder in their Forestville home. He was always a person of interest who detectives never ruled out as a possible suspect. So the brother, Seamus, was murdered by his brother, Sean, without any provocation. On their family's ranch, so I don't he know. Sounds like a real winner. He has done uh. a lot. He has done a lot. Yeah, he either has a lot of mental issues or is well. The title of the last article will get will will make some sense. So, um for some people, not all. So, when the police arrested Sean for his brother's murder, detectives decided to take the opportunity to talk to him about a, about the murders um, in Jenner again. So, Sean sponta- spontaneously confesses... What? Yeah, just... That's how it happened in the article. Um, he had information about the killings that no other person could have known, and the police had located evidence that corrobor- corroborated... 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 His info. <laughs> I
1: think maybe we the roles.
0: <laughs> maybe. <time. laughs> so the sheriff's followed up, followed up on all the leads, and the conclusion was that they had the right man um, in custody for the murders. So on May seventeenth, two thousand and eighteen, Gallum was officially charged with the murders of Jason and Lindsay and Seamus. and has he has a very extensive history of criminal misconduct, including attempted murder with a package bomb in June of 2004, wonderful. a conviction for wounding a man with an arrow, and I think there was another one that I didn't write down.
1: Um, my question is why was he out of jail in the first place?
0: I think he, he had been I think he had, like, been in jail for wounding the person, and then he also had a bow and arrow, so I don't know if this is the wounding the man with an arrow, but he shot into another car with an arrow. Okay,
1: here's, here's mm-hmm. my thing. Here, just a little ditty here.
0: Okay. Okay. Give it to um, me.
1: me personally, if <laughs> someone tries to kill someone with an arrow, attempted murder. Um, Even if it's two separate things. Even if he's just shooting an arrow into a car and nobody, like, got hurt or whatever. But then he decided after that, he was going to try to blow someone up with a package. I'm gonna think that maybe he shouldn't be free.
0: Yeah, but you can't just be, like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, I pick you. No, I don't know if he actually what was in jail. What the hell are you
1: talking about? <laughs> Just saying. Any meeny miny If he did it and he got caught, no. there is no any meeny miny moe.
0: I think he served time for those. I get that, <laughs> but why was he let go? Yes,
1: because well, in that case, he's trying to kill people. And we shouldn't let him out.
0: So, I had to keep going back to the time frame of all this because I was like, the damn 70s. Because, let's face it, in the 70s, we pretty much, if someone was, like, a good person, like, in jail. No, like, a good person in jail, like, said please and thank you. We were pretty much like, you murdered five people, but you know what? You're so nice. I think you should have another chance. I just
1: feel like... He hadn't accomplished <laughs> what he was trying to do. Um, yeah. So while he was in jail, I don't see him being
0: good. Well, I mean, there's a I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. I don't know because it was 2000. Like, it was, it was, uh, 20 years ago.
1: F'd up is what it was. But this isn't
0: 20 years ago. This is four <clears throat> years ago.
1: Anyway, sorry.
0: No, it's fine. Um, I mean, you have your concerns as well. I get it. But he. I just want everyone to know that it's safe. What's safe? <laughs> we are from him. <laughs> okay. I'm lying. So, June 2019. So, before COVID hit. Uh, Gallon entered a no contest plea. And admitted guilt in the crimes for the following so, for the following month, oh, never mind. So he pled no guilt, no contest, and then admitted to his guilt in the crimes. So the following month, he was sentenced to serve three consecutive life sent- sentences without parole, unless he's good. An additional? <laughs> no, I think he'll be in there for I'm a while. Just <laughs> and then an additional ninety-four years in state prison for all of his crimes. And so that. So where
1: did he go first? To the state prison for ninety four years, or does he go work to the federal p- prison to do his three consecutive?
0: I don't know life
1: sentences.
0: I don't know. I didn't look that up because I really didn't want to do a lot of information because on him.
1: No matter which one they pick, oh, he's gonna die while he's in there because of how old he is.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: because ninety four years. Know. Yes, ninety four. Well, yeah. He live 94 no, 94 years, and, and I, that's the shortest sentence.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how old he was, cause I don't. I don't like to give he that was much.
1: Like Thirty something when he killed them.
0: Oh, did I? Cause they oh, no. Know. I was thinking
1: of the guy that yeah.
0: Never mind. So Jesus. I didn't. I didn't get any of that information, but I. I want you well, to hear. <laughs> I do have to
1: say that after his two attempts, and if he did serve jail time, I'm pretty sure he wasn't that young.
0: No, he was probably in like mid twenties, thirties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he looked younger than me. So, so the article title for the last article was Survivalist Who Confessed to Killing a Christian Camp Counselor and Her Fiance on a California Beach in 2004 and then Murders His Brother in 2017 is Sentenced to Three Life Terms Without Parole. So, Wow. It would have <laughs> given it away. That's quite a, <laughs> quite a title there. Yes. So that is my story about Jason and Lindsay. All right.
1: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. It's like we didn't just stop and be quiet for a minute. All right. So this is Chrissy in case you didn't know that it was me, even though Casey just said that at the beginning that she was going. And did you just stop it? Nope. Okay,
0: good.
1: Anyways. I'm going to stop randomly talking now. I apologize ahead of time for the coughing, because it's going to happen. And the clearing of the throat. It's COVID. Not right now, though.
0: But at least she's not eating. I'm
1: not eating?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like you're not eating. Do I normally eat? No, I'm just saying. Okay, I was like. (laughs) No one wants to hear that.
1: I would never do that.
0: Stop it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I did my story on the, I can't believe it's yogurt murders. I just love the name of that place. Um, anyways, so I got background on the four people. There were four girls that were murdered. Um, so I'm just going to start with the four girls and then, um, talk about them and then I'll explain like what happened, go into what happened. So, um. The first one is Amy Lee Ayers. They, there was a, there were two ways that it was written. It was either Ayers or Ayers. They weren't sure how it was actually spelled. But I got it off of, um, like, an article that her parents had done. So I'm pretty sure it's Ayers. Okay. Because I don't think that they would have spelled that wrong. But who knows. (coughs) Excuse me. Anyways, she was born um, January thirty first, nineteen seventy eight, um, and mur- they were all murdered uh, December sixth of nineteen ninety one. Is when it happened. Um, Amy Ayers Ayers was thirteen years <coughs> excuse me was thirteen years old and an eighth grader at Burnett Middle School when she was killed. She was on the year back, year back yearbook staff and showed pigs every year at the Travis County Fair and Rodeo. She was very artsy and loved the animals. She also participated in the Future Farmers of America, FFA. Yep, I was just <clears throat> going to say that. Um, Amy had dreams of becoming a uh, veterinarian, and her favorite singer was George Strait, which I can understand because he's pretty amazing. Especially in the 1990s. Right. Uh, the second victim was Eliza Thomas, and she was born May 16th of 1974. Eliza was 17 years old and a senior at Lanier High School in Austin, Texas, when she was killed. Uh, Eliza loved reading, (coughs) excuse me, animals and country dancing. Hold on. (coughs) As a member of FFA as well, Future Farmers of America, this is a um, community. uh, That's not what I was going to say. Reoccurring theme. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, Eliza had dreams of one day becoming a veterinarian and a rancher as well. She also mechanically inclined... She was also mechanically inclined and was a talented welder and small engine repair. Wow. Which is amazing for a 17-year-old.
0: For sure.
1: Uh, Liza's mother, Maria, always believed that her daughter would become a writer. Which is crazy. What, which is completely stuff, different
0: than what she right? aspired to. But hey. Whatever. She can also write a book.
1: Um, Jennifer... Harbison, I believe is how it's pronounced. Harbison. Yeah, that's what we're going with. Sorry if that's not correct. Uh, she was born May 9th of 1974. Uh, Jennifer was ambi- was an ambitious, trustworthy, and very mature 17-year-old high school senior who was also um, going to Lanier High School in Austin, Texas when she was also killed. Uh, Jennifer took great interest in art. <coughs> Excuse me, agricultural programs of Future Farmers of America uh, with her sister and visited a local farm twice a week <coughs> to tend to lambs. I need a drink. Jennifer was also the head of the Lanier Drill Team, the Viquettes, which is an amazing name. And was member of the track team. Jennifer had a boyfriend, Sammy Butchen, I think is how you pronounce his last name. And a younger sister, Sarah, who was 15. Jennifer lived with her sister, her mother, <clears throat> and Jennifer was a very hard worker. She was working to help make payments on a dark blue Chevy S10 truck that her father, Michael Harbison, had helped her buy that summer. She worked at a local frozen yogurt shop, obviously, because that's where they were murdered. Um, But prior to that job, she worked at Albertson's Grocery Store, (coughs) which we know because we have one here. Uh, Sarah, which is Jennifer's sister, was also murdered.
0: I've heard this story before.
1: Um, She was born October 28th of 1976. She was fifteen. Uh, She was the daughter, sister, and a friend. Sarah adored animals and playing sports. She was a member of, you got it, Future Farmers of America. A student council member, as well as a cheerleader. She was also known for being full of energy, enthusiasm, and being a leader. And she was a freshman at Lanier High School as well um, when she was murdered. So the night of the murders. Uh, The I Can't Believe It's Yogurt shop killings are unsolved, quadruple quadruple homicide, which took place in Austin, Texas on Friday, December 6th of 1991. The victims, again, are four teenage girls, uh, 17-year-old Eliza Thomas, 17-year-old Jennifer Harbison, Jennifer's 15-year-old sister Sarah, and Sarah's friend that was 13, Amy Ayers. Jennifer and Eliza were working the closing shift while Sarah and Amy were hanging out in the shop Till Jennifer and Eliza were finished closing for the night so that they could get a ride home with Jennifer because Amy was spending the night at their house (coughs) for the weekend. Because I said it was a Friday, right? Yes. Around 10 p.m., um, an hour before they closed, a man had come in and asked if he could use the toilet in the back. There was something that said that he was, like, doing weird things in a queue outside, which I didn't really understand. His queue outside. So I'm not sure if, like, he was working out one of the little stands that, like, they have out in the mall or whatever. It didn't really explain it very well. Well, It was very weird.
0: I wonder if how it they, was, like, a Photoshop place. I don't know.
1: It was very weird how they said it. So I just took it out. But for he was doing something outside of the store and being weird, basically.
0: He was probably. I don't know. Well, if he was just acting strange, he was probably on the spectrum or had mental illness. Yeah, I don't know. Or was just a weirdo.
1: Yeah, or a tweaker. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, He was in the back for a very long time and. When the police had found out that he was in there um, from, like, other customers that had been in the shop. Yeah. um, They thought that maybe he had jammed the rear door while he was back there so somebody could come in or he could get back in. Um, They didn't really say whether or not he did anything or if they talked to him and it didn't, like, pan out or anything. That's the last thing I hear about him in anything.
0: So,
1: I'm assuming they interviewed him and it came to nothing. Yeah. Um, A couple who had left the shop around um, 11 p.m., which is when they closed, um, they left and Jennifer locked the door, they said, to prevent more customers from entering because they were closing up the shop. Um, But they told police that there were two men that were still sitting at a table and they were acting very creepy. When the couple left. Now, as a person, I'm just going to say this. If I leave and I think people are acting creepy... I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until you kick them out.
0: Yes. Just to make sure. But we've also worked in those similar situations.
1: I, But you're an older couple and it's a bunch of teenage girls.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get it, but... Some people don't want to get involved.
1: I guess, I don't but know.
0: I would feel really shitty, like Afterwards, if something happened right. and like I could have done something. Like I, I'm sure that if the guys had been, unfortunately, the older couple could have been part of. It could have been whatever a sex, like six. Like, not a sextuplet. Sex, is that what the six what kids in the are? What the hell are you talking about? They would have been the f- <laughs> the sixth victim. I, I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the situation. I do not know I'm laughing. Where that was I know. going. <laughs> Guys, I've got Graves' disease, and sometimes words don't appear <laughs> correctly. Just
1: the fifth and sixth of victim. Would have
0: been good. <laughs> well, that I had to work through it to get there. <clears throat>
1: okay, so, and I'm not saying anything bad about the people. No, no, no. I, I mean,
0: they did what they did. Right. There's so many well, situations. It happens,
1: and and. After, Like, you don't think about stuff while it's happening either, and of afterwards course. you could be like, oh my god, they were acting kind of creepy, but I didn't really think about it.
0: Well, so, and I mean, also, like, us working in those kind of environments, we would, I think we would be more prepared to stay, because we've been there.
1: Well, I feel like we're more aware of our surroundings than most people are, too. Exactly. Um, okay, so just before midnight, a patrolman from the Austin Police Department um, that was driving by noticed that a fire was coming from the, I can't believe it's yogurt shop. And he reported it to um, his dispatch. So the firefighters came. And they worked on putting it out. So after they got the fire out, um, the firefighters discovered four new body, nude bodies inside of the shop. Each had been shot in the head with a 20, 22 caliber bullet. Sarah's hands had been bound behind her um, with a pair of panties. Mm-mm. She had also been gagged and sexu- sexually assaulted. Jennifer, which is her, Sarah's older sister, was not bound, but her hands were behind her back. So they're not sure if maybe she had been bound before she was shot, and then they took off whatever was on her. Um, Eliza had been gagged, and her hands were also tied behind her back. All three had been severely charred and shot in the back of the head. Um, Amy's body, which is the younger, the The 13-year-old, was found in a separate part of the shop. Um, She was not charred, but she had received... um, second degree and like very early third degree burns on 25 to 30% of her body. She was found with a sock like cloth around her neck and she had been shot like the other girls, but she had been shot twice. So one bullet missed her brain. Like it just, it didn't penetrate her skull. Um, and then the second one did penetrate her skull. Um, Which is what killed her. And it went into her brain, exited through her cheek and her jawline. Um, It's believed that the killers placed all of the girls on top of each other after they were shot and then set fire to um, the shop. But that Amy had pulled herself off and managed to crawl to a different part of the store. But then Um. ended up dying. Um, Autopsy reports or results showed high levels of BTU, and I did not ever know what that stood for, but it stands for British Thermal Unit Output. So that's what tells you if acceler- accelerant was used. Ah,
0: uh, okay.
1: It tells you how much, um, like, gas or whatever is in the remains of the fire or whatever. Um, the initial investigation produced a large number of people of interest, among them a 15-year-old, uh, that was caught with a 22 in a nearby mall, um, days after the killings. Although he was initially, he initially gave a promise, gave promising information after being questioned for hours, the detectives realized fairly quickly he was trying to get himself out of the gun charge and eliminated him after his gun didn't match what the murder weapon was used on the four girls. Um he also incriminated three of his friends.
0: Ay ay ay. Right?
1: Um for, with the murder murder except for no, and none of them were older than 17 at the time of when it happened. So they were all under 17. 17 and under. Uh, a few years later, a new detective came on the case to look over the evidence or whatever and see if they, because it was cold at that time, um, saw if he could see it from different eyes and see anything or whatever. Um, but he had a theory that the four teens from um, the credible, su- the fourteens were credible suspects. But by the time they were in their 20s, that doesn't make any sense. That came out weird. Anyways, so by the time they were in their twenties, he believed that they were credible witnesses. I'm not sure why it was written like that. So in a um, so he interviewed them again, and he interviewed all of them. So not just the first one, but all
0: four yeah, of them. All four. Uh,
1: so they did. A bunch of different interrogations on them um, by different detectives. It wasn't just him. Uh, But they, confessions were obtained from some of the suspects. They said all four, Robert Springsteen, Michael Scott, Maurice Pierce, and Force Wellborn, had participated in the murders. So the two, I think there were two that confessed and the other two said that they didn't have anything to do with it. So the two that confessed said that the other two were also involved.
0: Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Let's see. No record was kept from the original interrogations from 1991, so they couldn't even go back and check what the first kid had said like when he was young or whatever to corro- corroborate it with what they were saying now um so they couldn't use that to implicate in later um interrogations or whatever or to reference it so two of the four were arrested and went to trial which i'm pretty sure are the two that confessed yes uh because they were arrested and went to trial entirely due to their self-incriminating statements The prosecution went into great detail about the horrific nature of the crimes against the young victims, but presented no hard evidence other than the confessions of the two two kids. Well, men then. Uh, The two were convicted, one being sentenced to death and the other sentenced to life imprisonment because he had been 15 at the time, or he would have been sentenced to death as well. However, the prosecutor's, or the prosecution's tactic of using excerpts, is that how you say that?
0: Excerpts.
1: Okay. Uh, Of each one's alleged confessions (laughs) at the other one's trial was ruled to be inadmissible and violated their confrontation clause. I don't know what that is. I've never even heard of it before. Um, Because the co-defendant wasn't able to... um, like, they didn't call him.
0: They just used an excerpt from his confession.
1: Yeah. So, like, the one... So, they
0: didn't even use them in trial? Like, they didn't have them come in?
1: No. So, like, one was on trial, and they used excerpts from the other one's confession to use against the one that they were trying. And then they did the same thing to the other aye, guy. Aye. But they didn't bring them I in. Mean,
0: I mean, let's face it they shouldn't have been convicted because there was no evidence. Well. Other than the fact. They also,
1: uh, well, I don't know what happened in the interrogations. but Exactly. I mean, they also probably exactly. should confess to it. But, you never know. I don't know. So. Both convictions were overturned on the um, conf- confrontation clause alone. And the men were freed in 2009. The prosecution insisted that they would they would be retried. However, forensic investigation showed that the DNA found in the victim that had been sexually assault- assaulted was not any from any of the four suspects that they had interrogated.
0: Oh, so they used the evidence that they had. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there that, must that's coming later. There must have been a fifth one with them. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: The prosecution decided against retrying the suspects, Uh, Texas court later decided that those released were not entitled to compensation because they had not proven that they did not commit the crime.
0: How long were they in jail for? Uh,
1: let's see, they got out in 2009 and they were tried... Uh, I don't know, it didn't say when they went to trial, it okay. just said. Okay, but they were, in, they their were in their
0: 20s. So, like, n- probably when I graduated, so, like, 95, 94, 95, 96. Yeah, I'm not Around sure. Around
1: there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, in 2006, Springsteen's conviction was overturned. Oh, so they, I don't know when they were tried, but his conviction was overturned in 2006, so they were freed in 2009. Okay. Yeah. So they had to wait in jail for two years before they released them.
0: I wonder if they had to wait two years for the prosecution to figure out if they were going to...
1: Retry them retry or not? Retry them. Oh, that might Which,
0: be. they should get compensation for that. Because because
1: well i mean yes but no uh okay so springsteen conviction was overturned in 2006 the texas court of criminal appeals overturned robert springsteen's conviction on the basis of an unfair trial so both of them were um the same thing but it only has information for the one kid but it was for both of them okay Uh, so the U.S. Supreme Court refused to reinstate the conviction in February of 2007. Oh, so they must have appealed it, so that's why it took so long to let them out. Got it. So, in 2008, Scott and Springsteen request DNA testing, which is why they tested the DNA, not because the prosecution did.
0: Okay. Well, I've got a lot to say.
1: I, well, so do I, but,
0: you know. Go ahead.
1: Uh, So, on August 20th of 2008, uh, defense lawyers for Scott and Springsteen had requested the DNA testing um, to bring up alternative suspects and to prove that it wasn't their DNA. Uh, No match against evidence discovered earlier that year was found, um, so it did not match them. Seven jurors from the trials have stated that they would not have convicted the men had this evidence been available at the time. Obviously, because it wouldn't have matched what was found in the girl. And there was no other evidence.
0: Unfortunately. I think the same reason should be said is why they shouldn't have been convicted anyways. Well, but they confessed. I know, I know.
1: Okay, so 2009... Uh, Springsteen Springsteen and Scott were released on Wednesday, June 24th of 2009. Judge Mike Lynch ruled in response to Travis County District Attorney Rosemary Lemberg's request that one of the trials be continued, that defendants Springsteen and Scott be freed on bond pending their upcoming trials. At 2.50 p.m. that day, They both walked out of the Travis County Jail with their attorneys. So later that day, Lemberg responded to Lynch's, Judge Lynch's decision with the following statement. This is quite a statement. (laughs) Today, I requested a continuance in the case against Michael Scott, a defendant in the yogurt shop murders, whose trial was scheduled to begin on July, retrial was scheduled to begin on July 6th. Judge Mike Lynch granted that motion but also released both Michael Scott and Robert Springsteen on personal bond as he indicated he would do in his previous scheduling order. Requesting a delay in the case was a difficult decision, but one that I believe is the best course toward an ultimate successful prosecution of this important matter. Knowing that Judge Lynch would release both defendants, requested certain conditions on their bonds requiring them to remain in Travis County and report to the court any change of res- residency to have no contact with the victim's families or witnesses that they are not that they are not allowed to carry weapons or consume alcohol or illegal drugs <coughs> excuse me that they report to the court on a routine basis and attend all, attend all court appearances. As you know, both Springsteen and Scott were convicted by juries in June 2001 and September of 2002. Their convictions were then overturned by the appellate court, but their statements to law enforcement were found to be voluntarily given. Since the original trial of Scott and Springsteen, new developments in DNA technology have become available. As we we prepare for retrial in March of 2008, we submitted various evidentiary items for what is called YSTR testing. This test looks for male DNA only and is deemed to be the most accurate test for samples that are a mixture of female and male DNA, as in this case. We sought this testing because we have an ongoing duty and responsibility to the to use the most up-to-date science available to seek the truth in this and all the cases we prosecute. Currently, it is clear to me that our evidence in the death of these four young women includes DNA from one male whose identity is not yet known to us. The defense asserts that the testing reveals more than one unknown male, but the evidence presented at the hearing on Thursday, June 18th, contradicts this notion. The reliable scientific evidence in this case presents one and only one unknown male donor. Given that, I could not, in good conscience, allow this case to go to trial before the identity of the male donor is determined and the full truth is known. I remain confident that both Springsteen and Scott are responsible for the death of the at the yogurt shop, but it would not be prudent to risk a trial <coughs> Excuse me, until we also know the nature of the involvement of this unknown male. My office and Austin Police Department remain committed to this case. Further investigation will continue to be a priority. My commitment to the victims, their families, and this community is that we will not give up until all the people responsible for these terrible and tragic murders are brought to justice. There's so much I could say, but I'm just not going to. So, on October 28th of 2009, all charges were dismissed against Scott and Springsteen. On December 23rd, 2010, Austin police officer Frank Wilson and his rookie partner Bradley Smith conducted a traffic stop on a vehicle driven by Maurice Pierce, which was one of the four, but one of the ones that did not say that he was involved, in the northern part of the city. After a brief foot pursuit, Pierce struggled with Wilson before removing a knife from his belt and stabbing Wilson in the neck. Wilson, who survived his injuries, subsequently pulled out his gun and shot and killed Pierce. Maurice Pierce had been identified as one of the four teenage suspects in 1991, and he was later arrested after new interrogations took place in 1998 and 1999. Charges against um, Pierce were eventually dismissed. Okay, so I'm going to say this, and I don't know what happened, but I'm pretty sure that the police thought that he was guilty, whether he said he was or not. I don't know how they treated him after the the charges were dropped.
0: Well, and a routine stop. Right? I mean, I... Okay, I don't... Even so, should he have stabbed
1: the police officer in the neck? No. No. Absolutely not. And I'm glad
0: the police officer lived.
1: Me too. But I also don't know how he's been treated to that point. I also, I should have looked up pictures, but I also don't know what his race is either.
0: Yeah. But I also want to say... Well, I want you to finish, and then I'll...
1: Okay. I'm going to try to go fast. One of the detect- detectives in the original interrogation, Hector Polanco, had been accused of corruption. I can never say that word.
0: Corruption?
1: Basically, yeah. N- but not corruption. Cor- cor- when you make oh, them say.
0: Um, coercion. Thank you. Uh,
1: not that, though.
0: Thank you. False <laughs>
1: confessions from several different suspects that were tried and found guilty, only to have their cases overturned because it was found out that he was not a good cop. ay, ay. Subsequ- subsequent events at the time of the killings, a known serial killer, Kenneth Allen McDuff, was in the area as well. Um, He had a history of um, multiple murders involving teenage girls, Um, but he was ruled out, and then he also was executed in November 17th of 1998, so even if he did do it, he's dead now. Uh, Austin police stated that over 50 people gave false confessions. 50 people.
0: In In this murder alone. Yes. Ay, ay, ay.
1: Including McDuff on the day of his execution. He took, he said that he, he was like, that. I did it right. too. Um, there was also a confession in 1992 by two Mexican nationals held by Mexican authorities. Um, and it was disputed and finally ruled false that they actually were not suspects. They probably weren't even there. Um, so, on December 8, thousand and twenty-one, the House Judiciary Committee passed legislation from Representative Michael McCall, giving the families of cold case victims the opportunity to p- petition the federal government to reinstate cases older than three years. On February fifth of two thousand and two, it was announced that advanced DNA technology was be bringing investigators closer to um, ever in solving this crime. <clears throat> and then on August 3rd of 2022, President Biden signed the Homicide Victims' Families Rights Act into law, which was motivated by the Yogurt chop murders. This law is intended to help ensure federal law, law enforcement reviews, sometimes decades-old cold cases files, and applies the latest technology in. The, and investigative standards um, to try to solve cases. However, it states that people can request a cold case murder be reviewed by federal agency no matter how old it is. If the case qualifies, new eyes will investigate using the latest technologies to try to crack them open. Uh, one of the detectives... Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> I copied that twice. Um, so my sources, so it has never been solved. They don't, but apparently they're close to catching the killer.
0: Well, I was going to say, start using familiar DNA.
1: Um, stop. I'm not saying that the the two or the four had nothing to do with it.
0: No, but get evidence first.
1: And stop just
0: focusing on on them. Yes. Um, You have to open your mind. Right?
1: So my sources this time were Uncovered, Wikipedia, cbsnews.com, and 44bars.com. I don't ever do the um, the name of the... Whatever. Right. Okay.
0: What are you obsessed with?
1: Um, well, lately? this summer, I watched all of Supernatural. Yes. 15 seasons.
0: That's amazing. It
1: took me like two and a half months. Yes. Um. It was good. I mean, it's the Winchester's. Nothing and their bad. dad is amazingly um, gorgeous well i just love them anyway so mm.
0: um i'm obsessed with the resort uh thanks aunt cindy for the recommendation i need to watch
1: that
0: um i didn't necessarily love the ending but the pursuit to get there was amazing yeah like the storytelling um, I am also obsessed with Halloween ends coming out.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I can't
0: wait. Um, I am just going to be very, very upset if it doesn't end, not the way that I want it to, but if it doesn't explain things, Yeah. like I, they keep saying, they keep hinting in the other movies. I don't know if you guys are obsessed as I am because probably not. Um, but you know him staring out the window. Him looking at the town. Him blah blah blah. Like I want to know what was in his head. Probably nothing. He probably was just Kill like, That's
1: what's I just head, want to take but... my
0: sister out, and then I want to take. Well,
1: I heard that you find out that she's not even his sister.
0: No. Well, in the first one, in the first re, what it, what did they call him and scream? Not the redos but the um re-quels. Yeah. Where they bring the oldies back and the new ones. Yeah. Um. Just to let you
1: know, we're real close. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So, anyways. <laughs> um. It, they say that in the first movie. That they're like, oh, I thought he was the... He was her brother. And she's like, no, that was just a rumor going around.
1: I guess I wasn't really paying attention.
0: Um, also, I'm obsessed with Ashley Flower's new book from Crime Junkie. All the good people here. Uh, it's on Amazon. And... Anything else you're obsessed with? Uh,
1: we don't have enough time for my obsessions. Okay. Which is
0: fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till next time. All right. Bye. Bye.